Cool. So we're uh, we're live. This is Jeff Levy. I run the um, the My Dog Brandy podcast. Um, so you can go to mydogbrandy.com and I'll give you links to all the um, to Apple and Google and all of that. Um, and I am uh, I am really really excited to have Heidi Hampson, who's the president of the Board of Trustees of the Buddy Dog Humane Society. So thank you for jumping on um, and doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, just to give people, there's a podcast episode where my dad actually talks about getting Brandy, who was this, you know, case hound that ended up being like 45 pounds and a walking stomach and ate everything in sight. But he was such an integral part of our family. I'm an only child. So as you can imagine, he was the king of the family. But he tells this story, um, which you can listen to, but the short, like 30 second version is uh, we were not looking to buy a dog. And uh, my mom, you know, is, had dogs growing up, but she was like, we're just going to look. And somehow we heard about the Buddy Dog Humane Society. And we went there. And the first dog they brought out was, uh, I forget the breed, but, you know, he was a nice dog. And, you know, he was looking at me, but I, I didn't feel a connection. And we were literally, I think we were going to w- leave. And um, whoever was there, this is 1970, said, oh, we got one more. He's out playing with the kids, rolling down the hill. Let me bring him in. So they bring in this like little fluff ball who's like, I don't know, three months or four months old, whatever, and um, put him down. And I swear he must have looked at us um, and thought, okay, here's an only child who's eight years old, two parents. They don't look incredibly smart. Man, this is the family for me. I could have fun with these guys and gave me this big sloppy kiss. And I was like, that's it. And then we had to come up with the money. It was 25 bucks. And so we're scrounging for money. We finally cough up the 25 bucks. We didn't know what we had. Uh, uh, The people there thought it was a mutt. They weren't sure. We found out later uh, Brandy was a purebred case hound. So we paid 25. He was probably at the time worth like 100 or 150. Um, And took him home and... um, he was the most important part of our lives for 17 years um, and um, was like a brother to me. And the reason I'm doing the podcast is it's, you know, my background's all in marketing, but it's literally like a love letter to this, to, to this guy. Um, <clears throat> but I do want to ask you a question. So he, Brandy tended to eat a lot of human food and he loved pizza and Chinese food. So we always assumed that, that he ate pizza and Chinese food at Buddy Dog. And my question is, why the heck are you feeding a dog pizza and Chinese food? Is that, is, did that happen? Well, with the, based on some of the beagles I've had, I'd say yes. But no, I happen to know they use, um, they use science diet. So, <laughs> so he probably did not get his taste there. Probably not. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, um, oh, well, then, you know, that we always assume that because he, he, he ate all the human, all the human food. Um, maybe you can talk. Uh, obviously, Buddy Dog means a lot to me because it's where sort of this all started. But um, but maybe you can talk a little bit about um, uh, the Buddy Dog Humane Society and how you got involved would be great as some background. Sure. Well, I, I moved to Sudbury in 89. And as soon as I had a house, that was my next step. My goal was always to have my own. So as soon as I moved into Sudbury, really within the next year, I began to look. And so I went to Buddy Dog, who's right down the road. And uh, much like you, I had, you know, sort of a connection with a beagle named Tober. And uh, he had quite a personality. And Chinese food, it's the whole bit. Uh, he came that way with a great appetite. And, um, and so 
that's really how I fast forward, you know, several dogs later. Um, I also view them as my family and that's really how I got involved with them. Great. Um, now you currently have a, a Sado rescue. Um, how did you, how did you get, uh, how did you get him? And also I know there's a story about a dog you had as a child, somehow that involving firecrackers. Right. So my first exposure to, we've always had rescues. We had a dachshund that was rescued from the army family, Georgia, but the second dog, um, Peter Rabbit, as we call him, was found outside of a, a Syria Hearst Museum. And, you know, I just, he was this tiny puppy and the curator of the museum very sternly carrying him out. Um, but we brought him home and uh, he was a terrorist. We liked to run. And uh, the only way we could get him back was a firecracker. But my mother and I did matches. We didn't like firecrackers. So we devised this whole method of using a brick and a piece of chewing gum, stick a firecracker in, and we'd light it. So, um, Pretty creative with that guy. <laughs> and, and now I now I have now so he was certainly a street dog. Um, but now my, my last three dogs have all been uh, Sados Puerto Rican uh, street dogs. And um, now, what can you tell us a little bit about Buddy Dog? And you know, I think by the name, um, I think people um, you know can probably can sort of infer that. You take rescue dogs, but uh, if, if you can give us any background on that, that'd be great. Sure. So Buddy Dog was formed. At, um, the person who founded it started it because he found a German shepherd puppy, Buddy, meaning Buddy, on Sudbury Dump. Um, really realized that it couldn't go on. Um, and so he created the shelter. The first year, they had 200 dogs that were adopted. And last year, you know, 40 years later, we had about 1,200 dogs and cats combined. Society originally um, just had dogs, but cats were added you know, sometime in the 70s. So, um, you know, really our, our mission is to find forever homes for no-kill shelter. And it, there's also an educational component. It's not always easy having a dog. They, you know, the dogs suckers and know what to do. But to have a really successful relationship with the dog, you have to know um, how, how, how to raise them and what to do. A big part of our mission is also education well now what what makes a good fit between um a dog and a family and how do you find that that fit well it's interesting with rescues right because you probably have seen things like you can go on and answer questionnaires and like every pure, purebred in the world can be matched up with rescues it's a little bit it's a little bit sometimes you have a lot of about the breed or about the dog and sometimes you do not so we always err on caution right if you don't know if a dog has been around children we're going to encourage people to children over 18 and that type of thing but basically you know we, we ask people about activity level um you know what they want out of the dog some dogs are a little more aloof that's appealing to people other dogs are like throw the ball throw the ball throw the ball and, and an active family might want that so the volunteers i'm not involved in that process but the volunteers are amazing Wow. Uh, well, you obviously made a, a, a good match. I, 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 I'm not quite sure if we ended up adopting him or he ended up adopting us. Um, like I said, I think he probably, uh, he probably chose us, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was, it was such a perfect, uh, such a perfect, uh, match. Yeah. Um, and Jeff, one of the things I wanted to mention is that, you know, before COVID, 
you could go into Buddy Dog. So, you know, um, the whole love at first sight thing that you have with Brandy, you know, people often that, you know, they just walk down. My current dogs, I literally was going to see a dog at the end of the kennel. And in the second kennel going in on the right, there was this black dog. And I'm like, stop, go quick. You know, that was just, it was just it. Um, and I think that's also really magical too. I, I know you had that experience. I had that experience. Sometimes it's not scientific. It's just that feeling of love at first sight. It, totally, <clears throat> to- totally, totally. And I, I have a funny feeling they know a lot more than we give them credit for um, in terms of what's what's going on. I still think, you know, Brandy was a bit cunning and probably did figure out that, man, I could have the run of this house and, you know, I'm sure he enjoyed his time there, but, you know, we treated him like uh, treated him like king. And obviously, um, you guys, you guys certainly treated him well as uh, uh, in addition. Um, what's it? You know, we had we had a woman who uh, worked who works for Ethos Veterinary Health, which is a large uh, group of um, veterinary hospitals and centers talking about the impact of, and you mentioned this, the pandemic on their business, um, which no one really thinks about, right? People think human hospitals, and all, but they don't think in terms of um, pet care and veterinarians, et cetera. How has the pandemic affected your business? Because I went on the site and for a period of time, you couldn't even go there. Um, and, and that had to have a big impact on not just the business and fundraising, but also connecting people to uh, to pets. Right. Well, also, you know, having dogs, um, you know, many of the dogs do come from Puerto Rico for a while. That was difficult, but it was, you know, when the shelter closed down, you know, the, the volunteers and the staff did an amazing job getting homes for every, every dog, every cat. And a couple of them had to be fostered. That was a huge thing. So the shelter just reopened in June. And, and now business is a little bit different, right? As all businesses are. So it's by appointment only. Um, and, you know, that might actually be an okay thing for now because it does give you a little bit more privacy. You have a little bit more of a chance to think about it and talk about it, a little bit more one-on-one. So, um, you know, it, it's actually turned out very well. But, but, you know, dogs are flying off the shelf, though, at all shelters. As people begin to work from home and are looking sort of more for their families, staying home and ways to be happy with that. Dogs and cats, of course, are like, um, we have a big joke though that the dogs are like you know, thrilled that their people are home and the cats not so much right they're like, mm, <laughs> you know maybe go back to the office but but so from that perspective um you know certainly there's a, there's a large demand um we- wow well it's funny i think <clears throat> i think holly from ethos was saying something similar their their business is just exploding um a lot of time a lot of the reason a part of the reason is because um traditional veterinary offices have been closed and so the only place to go is sort of these, you know, uh, medical facilities like hospitals, and um, and so their 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 workers are are completely overworked. So I got to imagine, um, you know, there's got to be some strain on the on volunteers to to do it during uh, uh, Buddy Dog during this uh, during this crisis. Um, what uh, what type of life does a does an animal have in a uh, either a buddy dog or just generally at, at a at a at a shelter. I mean, how are they treated and fed and you know all of that? Well, it's it's funny. They um, you know they have regular. It's really important to establish many animals. So they have they eat and are walked. 
play area and study dog we're, we're lucky to have. Um, a kennel situation where they have some inside space and some outside space. There was you know, large play areas in the background so dogs can sun and play with different groups. Really have, um, very fortunate about that. Also, the shelter, um, you know, is open from, you know, let's say, on a normal time, like you know, 12 to 6, let's say. But there's people working at the shelter, and so sometimes the dogs get to hang out. And I've been there to drop off donations. buy a lot on donations from uh, benefactors. People drop off blankets and food and all kinds of things. Careful. So sometimes you'll go into the lobby, you know, three hours, and, you know, at hanging out, dogs lazing around. Um, but it's interesting. Generally, the you know, dogs are adopted within two weeks. Um, wow. Yeah. Now, I had the, I had the uh, exception. I had a dog, um, Sato, my first Sato, who'd been at the shelter for about a year and a half. Um, and so, you know, that, that created... But I was in a situation where I was able to give him that extra care and attention. But most dogs move right. pretty quickly. Wow. <clears throat> I don't know how long Brandy was... Uh... Uh, Brandy was there. Um, that's that a, would be interesting to know, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, he was only, I think, uh, I mean, he was a fluff ball. He's probably, I think he was only a few months old, but, uh, so it couldn't have been that long. But yeah, actually, I did call, um, uh, my, my mom passed away in 2002, and I made, uh, the fact that any, uh, any gifts or remembrances go to the buddy dog. And so I called to see if they had his records. Um, and obviously from 1970, you know, you, you don't, cause I really wanted to know, um, how, you know, in part, how long he had been there, but, but I know it was so weird. I mean, he was playing with the cat. I don't know if it was the owner at the time, his kids out in the backyard rolling down the hill. I mean, that, it wasn't like you got, you guys don't stick them in a little cage and that's yeah. it. it. They get a lot of love, um, while they're, while they're waiting to, uh, to be adopted, probably not a lot of human food, but. You know, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and we I'm have sure. A, we have a great volunteer. We have a great group of volunteers, uh, and and they they definitely love the dogs. And you know, and there's a waiting list, especially for teenagers. You have to be at least 15 years. People are on the waiting list. Um, and, and they're great. They really love the dogs, and while they're with us. Wow, <clears throat> wow. Um, now I know fundraising is uh, is is obviously very important. Um, you know, my understanding is you're doing a capital campaign. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, how's that going and what the money is being planned to use? And and also, given the fact that things have changed the last six months, how has that really impacted your ability to raise uh, raise dollars overall? Right. Well, the the capital campaign committee that's formed. Have about five hundred thousand dollars raised, and the total amount will be between five million dollars. Um, and of course, with COVID, there may be modifications. I think that we didn't foresee that we may need to. But um, you know, the um, are very generous. Um, it, our but our website is uh, buddydog.com, dogsociety.com. There's all kinds of opportunities to donate there. To donate. Physical things, um, monetary donations, um, to volunteer for many ways. Yeah. But the fundraising um, for the for the actual campaign for the new shelter really has been put on hold until right now. We do plan to to gear it up, but it's a little bit. But the need for the shelter is really to expand it. So 
um, Buddy Dog, um, we're at 151 Boston Post Road. So there was a piece of land, and we bought that land, and, and so we'll have two buildings, but the new shelter, um, which is where are the dogs and cats. You know, that, that, that's really what the money's for. And again, you know, we started with doing 200 um, animals. Now it was 1,200 animals. So really, we've, we've outgrown our space. So there's a need for better medical facilities. Um, Sudbury Animal Hospital um, are just are wonderful. They do all of our surgeries. I can't say enough about um, Betsy Allen and Johnson. And, but, you know, right now, you know, we're sort of doing surgery and really, really, it's like MASH, right? You know, it's just not optimal. And so we'll be able to have a really nice medical facility that places to quarantine dogs when they come into Great. Um, and also, you know, kind of private rooms, right? Because, you know, part of the, you know, part of this is that, you know, there are sometimes surrender. It's not always someone, it's not what they want to do, it's what they have. Just giving people privacy to, you know, to a dog or to meet a dog without having, you know, 20 people walking around. In the, in the lobby, I don't know if you've been to Buddy Dog, but it's, of course you have. But you know, it's 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 still the way you, it hasn't changed since 1970. So you'd recognize really. It. But it's like one one like kind of lane. So um, and then and then another big part of it again is the education. We're going to have a big community service that um, trainings and, and talks about dogs, and people will actually be able to rent the space. A lot of kids like to have birthday parties. Have rather than taking presents for themselves, they give they give Buddy Dog. So they can do that right now. So we're really looking forward to that. Wow, <clears throat> that's terrific. Gosh, I, I haven't, um, I'm trying to think if I've even been there since 19, 1970. I don't, I don't think so. I, I can still picture it, uh, the counter that, yep. that they put brandy on and the, like the inside. And I love the statue outside. Um, I think that's, that's, you know, heartwarming. But I remember just like it was yesterday, um, you know, I'm in my 50s, I, just like it was yesterday going in and getting him and um, uh, and having him being put on the counter. And, you know, when he gave me the, his first kiss and I said, that's it. <clears throat> this is uh, this is uh, this is it. Um, wow. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to come down. And, yes, uh, yes, please do. Please do. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, there was a um, I took a course on podcasting um and the guy that runs it, it the, the the people that teach it is uh, probably a medium size or fairly large media company in the uk that does it and he had a suggestion is you should just go down there with your camera and film you being there and just you know with with the animals um because i don't i i don't know if everyone realizes like how the the, the warmth that is at these shelters and particularly yours, you know, it's just such a, such a great, um, a great place. And I, I cannot imagine, you know, going and going to like a puppy farm or any of that. Right. right I agree. Yeah. No, it's like, they're such wonderful dogs. And, you know, I mean, I just, I, I just, whenever, whenever I hear someone rescue them, thank you. They're full, you know, it, it's, it's really just the greatest experience in the world. They're great dogs. Uh, and, now, it's not like you have to get them fresh from a store. I mean, it's, it's not like that. And in fact, it's really detrimental. The other thing I find about mixed breed dogs, nothing, and of course, you found a purebred. They're often our purebreds, so I shouldn't say that. But, you know, sometimes um, you know, mixed breeds actually are. And so that's another thing. 
Yep. Um, now you were also running a save uh, a Sato program. Um, did I get that right? Did I get? Yeah. So, so we have a bunch of a bunch of partners who, who provide Anthem, right? You partner with them. So there's a couple of different Sato rescues. So there's all Sato rescue, Sato angels, um, and a lot of these groups are are based in Puerto Rico. This Puerto Rico has an awful problem with dogs. This isn't a priority on dogs and neutering them. So I mean, there's a there. I, I've heard. I haven't been there to see it myself, but I've heard there are thousands of dogs um, that are homeless. And so there are some of these wonderful rescue groups down in Puerto Rico who find foster homes. So they find the dogs on the street or on the beach. They bring them, they foster them, and then they partner with um, like Buddy Dog and others around the country and bring them up. And, you know, they're just, I, I swear they know, you know, I said about Brandy New, I swear they know, right, that we, we've got a good deal, right, in the street, and they're just very, very eager to but, you know, it's funny, um, we, we get dogs from all over, and there was, uh, there was uh, someone we were affiliated with who actually was bringing dogs to um, You know, and so we had all these Salukis for a while, you know, and that way, or Saluki mixes, um, which was crazy. But, and then I think there's someone now who maybe has a connection with Russia, and some dogs are coming from Russia. Um, and, of course, we get dogs from the South also. Right. Well, well great. This is... Um this has really been uh, fantastic. I was also contacted by, I don't know, I don't know the name, a volunteer there who also wanted to be on the podcast. So it might be good to get sort of a volunteer's perspective on it um, as as well. That, that um, would be that would be great. That would be terrific. So I think you might have spoken to Michelle. Um, yes. A lot of publicity. Uh, we do have a director of volunteers um, down at the walls. Corey Lincoln, executive director. So yeah, we both have. Well, this is, yeah. Well, you know, you guys, this is where it all started, and and I can't tell you um, the impact Brandy had on our on our whole lives, and me particularly uh, being an only child, and you know, having this guy be literally, I mean, like a brother to me, but really the whole family. I mean, he just, you know, we never expected. Um, my dad was never able to have a dog because they lived primarily in apartments, but my mom had dogs growing up. Um, but just the way they can just, you know, take over the family. I mean, he was literally the most important part of the family, so much so that when I got bar mitzvahed, I got like one I took him with me. I got one picture of me and like eight pictures of him by himself. And so inside the house, there, is, there was literally... Uh, like two pictures of me and like six or seven pictures of Brandy all around the house. So he clearly was the most important part. And it all started at uh, Buddy Dog. And if it wasn't for um, your organization, um, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, I'd be a different you know, person. The reason I started this podcast is really to talk about not just his adventures, but the lessons in life that he taught me and my family. And I think dogs are, you know, dogs, dogs do that so i agree 100 well great heidi um hang on after we end the broadcast because um we can stay on for for a moment um but um i've put up the uh the web address it's buddydoghs.com um and you can actually uh see the the animals that you've got available for rescue and all the information it's a it's a great uh 
a great website and um, uh, really detailed. And, you know, what's interesting is if you go to your Facebook page, I don't think I saw a single post about your organization. It's all about the, 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 the animals. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and so truly you're, you're so mission-based in finding, you know, good homes that that's, you know, not every organization would do that. Um, uh, so, well, great. Great. Thanks, Heidi. So we're going to end. Yep. Uh, so hang on. Um, but we're going to end. Um, and um, uh, certainly if you're interested in uh, uh, hearing all the episodes, uh, you can look for us on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, all the major ones. So you can go to mydogbrandy.com and that directs you to a list and you can click a button. If you enjoy uh, our episodes, um, you know, subscribe um we've got uh we've got like 10 or 11 up and we do a couple every week and i'm trying to do more facebook lives just because they're um they get a lot more uh, attention um so until the next episode thanks thank you